We'll blame it on this guy. We'll blame it on this guy. Good morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel. We're so glad that you could join us this morning um, as we worship the Lord together. Uh, a couple of announcements to mention this morning, if you could open your bulletin with me. First, uh, there's this insert in your bulletin, um, Tortured for Christ by Richard Wormbrand. There are numerous copies of the book that are sitting out in the foyer. Um, if this is something you're interested in, we, we encourage you to take one. They're completely free. Um, we ask that you keep it to one per family right now until we make sure that everybody that wants one is able to get one. There's actually a movie coming out tomorrow, Tortured for Christ, about Richard Wormbrand, from what I understand. Um, so this would be a good way to kind of read up on the story prior to the, the movie coming out. It is by Voice of the Martyrs, if you're familiar with Voice of the Martyrs. Um, so that's out in the foyer. Um, prayer meeting tonight at 5.30. There is no youth group tonight. We were supposed to be on the ski trip today, actually, but thanks to the Nor'easter, we are still here. So, um, but there, there still will be no youth group tonight. Um, the youth group is actually taking a mission trip to Bolivia this summer. Uh, we're, we're heading down in August, and there's going to be different events that happen that are sort of fundraisers before, between now and then. And one of those events is a spaghetti lunch after church and a pie auction. If you were a part of the or remember the mission trip that happened about three years ago. Um, we had this same type of event. It was a lot of fun. There's a sign-up sheet out in the fellowship hall for both, for attending the spaghetti dinner, so we have a number, and also for the pie auction. And what we ask, if you're someone that likes to bake or would want to participate in this, is that you make at least two pies. One is for everybody to go around and taste and sample, and there will be prizes. Um, and the second is to auction off. Um, the second one is to actually auction off there in that, um, that morning. But it, it is a great time. It's a lot of fun. It's amazing uh, how much some people love certain types of pie. And the little bidding wars that go on are always fun. And it's all 100% going to the mission strip um, this summer. Let's open our service with a word of prayer this morning. Gracious God, we are so thankful for your love for us. God, you're a good God. Lord, we're thankful that we can gather together as a family in Christ this morning. Lord, while we might all have our differences, we are all one through Jesus. We all belong to you. Lord, we ask that you would move in this service this morning. Father, speak truth to our hearts and to our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Let's take a few moments to stand up, step out, turn around, shake a hand. Welcome those around you to our service this morning. verse and then I'm going to read a scripture and then, and then I'll say we're going to sing it again and that's when we all come in. If you could remain standing, we're going to sing and continue to worship our Lord this morning. You called me out of darkness. You silenced every lie. No other voice will define me, and I belong to you. And I belong to you. Bible says in Romans 8, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the chorus of this song says, You know the enemy can't take what I have, change who I am. I belong to you. Let's sing first verse again. Oh, you called me out of darkness. You silence every lie. 
All the 
surely my God, surely my God is the strength of my soul. Your love defends me. Your love defends me. And when I feel I'm all alone, your love defends me. Your love defends me.
sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb is overcome, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, for the Lamb is overcome. so thankful that Jesus is alive. That though the war rages on, we know that the battle is already won. The war is already won. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good to see all of you this morning. Great to have you here. Uh, we want to take a few moments to come before our God this morning and bring our petitions, bring our praises to Him, and um, see what God will do uh, through the service this morning. Father, we thank You. We thank You that You are an all-powerful, an almighty God. And we thank You that through Your Son, Lord, we can become more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Father, we recognize this morning that we are in a great battle. We recognize this morning, Lord, the great power of the evil one. Father, we acknowledge that. But we also recognize that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Father, it is that power that indwells us. That power that brought Jesus back to life that we have available to us to stand strong, to be able to defeat the schemes and the wiles of the evil one. Father, we thank you that you have come to live within us, that we have all that we need to be able to stand. Father, we thank you for the salvation that is ours through Jesus' blood. We thank you, Lord, that it is that blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, that it is through the blood of Jesus Christ that we have the forgiveness of sins, and that, Father, the great need of mankind has been taken care of. Father, you have rescued us. You have saved us. You have delivered us. You have redeemed us. And 
Father, for the relationship that we have with you this morning, we thank you. Because it is through that relationship, Lord, that we can be victorious in this life. Father, we are thankful that we can bring before you our praises. We praise you, Lord, for this church. We thank you, Lord, for being part of the body of Christ. And Father, to be able to come together this day, on this morning, we are grateful. For Father, this is where we come apart from the world. This is where we come and we surround ourselves with those of like faith. Father, we surround ourselves with those who are bound together because of what Jesus has done for us. Father, we thank you for the fellowship where we have this morning, for the love, Lord, that exists between us and the unity, Father, that we find among ourselves. Father, for those things, we praise you. Father, there's many among us who struggle in different areas. Father, the trials and the temptations of life, they're very real. And so we pray, Lord, for those this morning that are struggling, whether that might be physically or emotionally, mentally, maybe spiritually. Father, we draw strength from you. Paul says in our weakness, Father, we find strength, your strength. And so, Lord, I pray this morning, as we come together, that you might strengthen us in those areas in which we need to be strengthened. Again, Father, we thank you for this wonderful time that you've given to us. Lord, this, this is the time during the week when we come together as a, as a corporate body. Father, we're your children. We're in the same family. Father, help us to stand with one another and support one another. For, Father, we are yours. We do belong to you. Father, we deal with a subject this morning that, Father, sometimes we're unaware of what takes place in the spiritual realm. Father, help us to acknowledge and remember that, Father, we're fighting against some dark forces in this world today. But we need to remember that, Lord, you are on our side, that you are with us. And so I pray, Lord, that although we will be speaking about the power of the forces in the dark world. Lord, help us to remember that you are much greater, much stronger. And Father, help us to lean and depend upon you to be our strength. So again, Father, we thank you for this great time this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Leonard's going to come. He's going to lead us in a hymn. The battle is the Lord's.
hymn number 475. Yes, don't you feel a lot safer with this guy standing beside us here this morning? <laughs> but he's designed for a different battle than what we are. So I'd, I'd ask you to stand with me as we sing this hymn, 475, and then I'd like if we would sing the Amen at the end so the penis can remember that. 475. <clears throat> Junior Church can be dismissed now. Thank you. There was a boxer, and uh, he was in the middle of the ring, and his opponent was really pummeling him, blow by blow. He had a bloodied nose, a swollen eyes, and an enormous amount of pain. And he comes over to the corner, and his trainer tries to encourage him. 
by saying you're doing great. That bum, he's barely even touching you. When he looks up at his trainer and says, well, then you better keep an eye on the ref because someone out there is killing me. You know, no amount of smooth talk could camouflage the reality of a bloody battle. Encouragement could not mask the pain. You and I, in the same way, we are engaged in a real battle. A battle of cosmic proportions. And we know that we're facing a real opponent. Because this world bears the bloody and painful scars of the conflict we're in. War among nations, shattered lives, broken homes, suicide, rape, abuse, and the list goes on. We are in a real battle, the mother of all battles. The Bible speaks of spiritual warfare. The Bible speaks of a battle we are in in which there's no way to avoid, no foxhole to hide in. You and I are engaged in a battle. What is spiritual warfare? It's something we don't like to talk about. It, it gets scary. It upsets people. But we are really in a battle. So before we go any further, let's try to define what we're talking about. What is this spiritual warfare that the Bible speaks of? What is this battle that we are engaged in? Let me define it this way. It's a conflict that's being waged in the invisible spiritual realm that is manifest in the visible physical realm. In other words, we can't see it, but we feel the effects of it. Turn, if you would, please, to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. This is the classic passage in which Paul writes about spiritual warfare. And this morning, we just want to look at one verse. And next week and the following week, we're going to come back and look at the weapons that God has given to us to equip us to be able to stand against the devil's schemes. Today we look at verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 6, and it says this, For our struggle, our battle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, it's hard enough to fight someone you can see. It's even harder to fight someone that you can't see. It's like trying to kill germs with bullets. We live in two worlds. We live in a material world, but we also live in a non-material world. We live in a physical world, 
But we also live in a spiritual world. And someone said this, everything we see in the visible world is either caused, provoked, or at least influenced by something in the invisible world. Most people are unaware of the war that we're in because we pay so much attention to the five senses. We pay attention to what we can feel or taste or hear or see or smell. Now listen, I'm not making this stuff up. This is real stuff. This is not some figment of my imagination. I'm not getting senile yet. There is really a battle that you and I are in today, and it's not going away. It's a battle between God and Satan, and you and I find ourselves to be in the middle. As I said earlier, we don't like messages like these. These scare us. These upset us. I'm not trying to do that. I just want for us to understand the world in which we're living in and why we do some things that we really don't want to do. Why there is such conflict in the world today. What is this all about? And so we see in this verse that we are in a struggle. But I want you to notice who we're fighting. It says in this verse, it says we're fighting against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil. The NIV Study Bible says these are powerful beings in an unseen world. Powerful, powerful beings in an unseen world. Dr. Theodore Epp, in his commentary on spiritual warfare, this is what he says. He says, the hosts of Satan are fallen angels who do his bidding. And what's being spoken of here are those fallen angels. And although Satan is not omnipotent, omnipresent, which means he can't be everywhere. His will is carried out on a universal scale through his emissaries. I doubt very much whether Satan's with us today. But he carries out his will through these fallen angels, through these demonic forces. And I can almost guarantee you that some of them are here today. He is Satan. He is their commander-in-chief. This host of fallen angels are referred to as principalities and powers right here in Ephesians 6. This indicates that the messengers of Satan are a well-organized army divided into ranks and divisions. Principalities is literally rulers and powers. Thus, these powers refer to the supremacy of rule and authority in the satanic realm. The words rulers of this darkness of this, in this world is literally, literally the world rulers of this darkness. 
No wonder it is said that our, that our warfare is against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is not made up stuff. We are in a spiritual battle. And although, as he said, Satan cannot be everywhere, he has hosts of fallen angels, demons, who can be where he is not. Now, what about this person we call Satan? He is a powerful foe. We need to recognize that. Satan is a very powerful foe. And his emissaries are very powerful. But we need to say this. Satan is not a spiritual counterpart to God. It's it's not like Satan and God are equal. Like God is all good and Satan is all bad. And in this conflict, there's equality. Satan is a created being. God created Lucifer. Now he rose up against God, and God cast him out of heaven, but he's limited in his power. Very powerful, but he's limited. And we see that in the book of Job. In the very first chapter of Job, we find Satan going before God, asking God for permission to go down and reap havoc upon Job. But he had to ask for permission. He was limited. He could only do what God permitted him to do. So yes, Satan is a powerful foe, but he's not equal with God. He's also said to be a wicked enemy. Over in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, it speaks of him as a lion. A hungry lion wanting to Rip apart you and I. We are his prey, seeking whom he may may devour. We also see him as a crafty adversary. Here in verse 11 of chapter 6, it speaks of the uh, devil's schemes. And you might recall back in the book of Genesis when he tempted Eve, he said to be a crafty servant. Satan is out to destroy, and we are the prey being hunted. He is intent on capturing his prey, tearing them apart, and destroying them. Someone has said that Satan has a master's degree in trichonometry. He knows who you are. And he knows how to get to you. Chuck Swindoll said this, There is no truce in the invisible war. Demonic activity is both real and relentless. There is no R&R for Satan's army. These soldiers work around the clock, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, year after year after year. We need to be aware of who we're fighting. But this verse also tells us who we're not fighting. Did you notice what I read in verse 12 at the very beginning? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh 
and blood. Again, if I might quote the NIV Study Bible, it says this in the footnote, this is a caution against not lashing out against human opponents. Caution against not lashing out against human opponents. He's saying our conflict is not with people. That's not the real enemy. The real enemy is not flesh and blood. Someone has once said, if the devil can't get to you, he's going to get someone who can get to you. But Satan ultimately is the real enemy. It's not people. It's not objects. It's not circumstances. It's not physical stuff. It's not something you can see. This is a spiritual battle. An invisible battle. And we need to understand who we're fighting and who we're not fighting. There was a young sentry. He was brand new and he was stationed at the gate. And there at this gate he was given orders. His one order was to not let anyone through that gate unless they had a sticker on their windshield. And so here he stands. He knows exactly what he's to do. Here comes a great big old army vehicle right up to the gate. This young sentry says, Halt! You can't go through. Who goes there? To which the driver said, General Wheeler. He's sitting in the back seat. General Wheeler says to the driver, go on through. Sentry says, halt. I have been given instructions to shoot. If you try to get through this gate, you have no sticker on your windshield. The the general in the back seat says again to the driver, go on through, son. The sentry goes to the back window and looks in at the general and says, now listen, I'm new at this. Am I to shoot the driver first or you? (laughs) We need to know who we're fighting in this war. We need to know who we're fighting. Sometimes the trick in times of war is knowing who to shoot. In our warfare, we don't want any friendly fire. We need to understand that we're battling Satan himself. He is the ultimate, and he is the real enemy. As I said, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the weapons that God has given to me, or given to us, and thus we have the little guy that um, I brought down from the old sound room, collecting dust. I haven't had him out that often. But, um, you know, the Bible does speak that, uh, you know, we, God has equipped us. God has equipped us. And we're not going to be looking at all of the equipment that God has given to us, but in the next couple of weeks, we want to look at two of the weapons. I, I don't want this to be a negative sermon. I, I want us to understand as we sang that we really are on the Lord's side. We really are, and we can be victorious. Early in, in uh, the same book, in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 2, uh, you've often heard it said that, you know, our enemy is the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? Well, that's found in Ephesians chapter 2. 
in verse 1. I want you to see this. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. In which you used to live. When you followed the ways of this world. All right, there's the word world. You used to follow the world. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. There's the devil himself. The spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh. And following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So we have in this text the world, the flesh, and the devil. And it is true. We are fighting the world. We are fighting our culture, the world's values, its priorities. We live in a, an, evil world, uh, uh, an evil world in which we live. We're bombarded by pictures and products and advertisements, enticements. There's no rules. Anything goes. We're, just satisfy yourself. Don't worry about the consequences. That, that's the world we live in. We're also fighting against the flesh. That's true. The Bible says that within us is not just the new nature of Christ. If you've trusted Jesus, the Bible says that Christ comes to indwell you, that we do have in us his very nature, his power, but that doesn't eradicate doesn't eliminate the old nature the adamic nature that we were born with and so we have within us the flesh the old nature and paul says the flesh uh, is is uh, is against the spirit the spirit is against the flesh they're contrary to one another so we understand that as well the world is our opponent the flesh is our opponent but ultimately Satan is behind it all. He is the puppet master. He is the one who is pulling the strings. And as we often say, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Satan has a horrible, horrible plan for your life. And we must not get sidetracked. We have to understand and realize the spiritual forces that are at work among us today. If you're fighting your boss at work, if you're arguing with your wife, if you're battling your husband, if you're struggling with the kids, remember who's behind it. Satan is trying to destroy relationships. He's trying to destroy you. Our first instinct is always to fight the one who's fighting us. But I want you to leave this morning understanding you're in a spiritual battle. You need to know the real enemy. And Satan will use anything and anyone to try and destroy your faith, to tempt you to sin, to cause you to distrust God. He will do everything in his power to get you to fall. So where is this battle being fought? You try to define spiritual warfare. It's a battle that is invisible, but manifested in the visible. We know who we're fighting. Powerful forces in this dark world, 
Satan being the ultimate commander-in-chief. It's not flesh and blood. It's not flesh and blood that we're fighting. So where does this battle take place? Well, again, if we come back to chapter 6, and verse 12, it says at the very end, in the heavenly realms. The battle is taking place in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual world, not here on earth. Basketball's played on a court, wrestlers wrestle on a mat, hockey is played in a rink. Our field of battle is in the heavenly realms. Did you know that five times in the book of Ephesians, five times Paul uses this phrase, heavenly realms? In chapter 1 and verse 3, he said, he said it's the heavenly realms where blessings descend. In chapter 1 and verse 20, it's the heavenly realms where Christ is seated at God's right hand. Chapter 2 and verse 6, it's the heavenly realms where the redeemed are seated with Christ. In chapter 3 and verse 10, it's the heavenly realms where the good angels dwell. Now here in chapter 6 and verse 12, it's the heavenly realms where the spiritual battle is being fought. Maybe at this point you're saying, <laughs> wow, I mean, is there any hope, is there any way possible that we can be victorious in this battle? We can't even see it. We can't hear it. How do we win? Is there any chance of winning? It appears as though we're, we're outnumbered, we're outpowered, we're out everything. But I assure you this morning, I assure you and I guarantee you that you can be more than conquerors through him who loved us. You can be victorious. But we don't win this battle with physical weapons. It's not swords and spears. and No, no, no. This is not a physical warfare. So what are those weapons we need to use? Well, as I said, over the next two weeks, we're going to look at two of them. I believe in my heart of hearts that this battle is won in prayer and this battle is won in the Word. These are weapons that God has given to us. And when we pray, when we study, Things happen. These are weapons. As I said, it's not all that Paul has listed for us. But we want to look at two. The discipline of prayer and the discipline of Bible reading and studying, memorization, meditation. We need to know the Word of God. I hope you're reading. We haven't mentioned it now for a couple of weeks. But I hope you're reading through the New Testament. That's where we find our power. That's where we find our strength. If we're going to win the spiritual warfare, if we're going to stand against the wiles of the evil one, it is in prayer and in the Bible. And so for the next two weeks, you've got to come back. 
in order to understand these weapons. You know, David, he was faced with a great opponent. Little David goes against big Goliath, outnumbered, outpowered, out everything. And yet little David goes down to a stream and he picks up a few rocks and he has a sling. And with a sling and those stones, he was able to defeat the great giant. Two weapons, great victory. My prayer over this, through this series is that for, with you and I using prayer and the word, that we too might be victorious. But you need to come back. You need to come back over the next two weeks. And we're going to deal with prayer and the word. Father God, we thank you this morning. We thank you so much that you have given to us victory in Jesus. We thank you so much, Lord, that we are on your side and you are on our side. That the one in us is much, much greater than he that is in the world. Father, my prayer for us this morning is that we might recognize, first of all, the warfare we're in, but to know that, Father, we can win. We can be victorious. So we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you have equipped us to be able to stand against the schemes of the evil one. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? And we're going to sing Onward Christian Soldiers, hymn number 470. Let's stand together. We'll sing all four stanzas and we'll be dismissed. Onward Christian Soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ, the royal master, leads against the foe, forward into battle, see his banners go. Let's sing this together. Word Christian soldiers marching to war with a cross Jesus going on before Christ the Like a mighty army, like a mighty army, moves the church of God. Brothers, we are where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body.
So, Father, we go out now into the world. Father, we go as your soldiers, but you go with us. Give us the strength and the power we need to overcome the world. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.